All your life, you've planned and taken care of the people you love. They always knew you had a plan. Taking care of your final wishes will give them one final gift. Buying your headstones direct through Thomas Monument saves your loved ones additional stress during a difficult time and saves money by cutting out the middleman. Call 317-244-6525 or go online to thomasmonument.com to understand why families have trusted us since 1962. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism. And listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative Not Bitter indeed. You are listening to the home of Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. And folks, this Rittenhouse trial, my oh my, what a unmitigated disaster. And I'm not saying that in the sense that the, the judge has done anything wrong, but just the, it's the media. It's the media at every single turn. And who is it? It's even better when you look at who it is. It's the stinking jokers at MSNBC. Absolutely unbelievable what we're dealing with. We'll talk about that as the program unfolds. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Questions, comments, MSNBC jokes, adoration and praise for your one and only host, and all sorts of other things. Just make it count. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can also connect with us on our online community community.tothuffshow.com don't have to worry about the jokers at facebook and the nazis there and so excuse me metaverse or whatever the world they're called now it's good to be here today so this i words escape me as to what we're dealing with here and i first saw this in the post-millennial you've undoubtedly seen this most of you maybe some of you haven't yet but NBC producer who reportedly instructed man. Oh, I'm reading another. Uh, there's well, that one's relevant too. So that 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 one's in response to the idiotic stuff that's happening. Basically, a journalist, a freelance journalist. So we're supposed to understand that freelance, freelance. I don't know if that means contractor. It just means a. They're trying to put separation between MSNBC and this journalist was pulled over last night, I guess Wednesday night, for following. This is unbelievable. So you think following the the jury bus. So the, the county has gone to great lengths to protect the jurors and the jurors identity. And why why do they have to do that? That's the first question. Why do they have to do that? I'm glad you asked. Because, and you know this already, they have to do that because of the amount of hatred, the amount of anger, the amount of rage, the amount of misrepresentation of facts and truth that have been thrown into the middle of this case. And I'm talking exclusively, yes, I know the prosecutor is... I don't know. I, I try not to make this. This isn't personal, but my idiotic. 
I, I don't know what else to say. The things that I, some of the, the line of questioning, some of the the charges that have been brought here, pointing the gun at the in the courtroom with his finger on the trigger. I mean, it, I, the amount of stupidity here between the prosecution, but and, and the media. But the media is the main drivers of this, and so they have to protect the identity of the jurors because. Because they're afraid of all sorts of things like jury intimidation or, you know, before the fact, before the case is actually decided and we're still waiting. Uh, we'll get through the rest of the day, maybe today. Who knows? I mean, I, will, they, will they reach a decision today? They've had three full days of deliberation, 23 and a half hours I've read, including, including lunch breaks. So I don't know how lunch break, how long a lunch break is, but basically three three full days essentially. Unless you're a government worker and that's about a month and a half of work. Kidding, not kidding. But anyhow, so we have a scenario where there's been so much fuel thrown on this fire, and now they're amping it up even more, which is I inexcusable. I the amount of you can say stupidity. You can say evil. I think, honestly, I think it's, I think it's it's a mixture of evil intent with political. Uh, what do I want to say? They're they're so blinded by their ambitions. They have to. The left needs Rittenhouse to be convicted. They just need it. And if he's not convicted. They have, I mean, they, they have <laughs> juiced the base so much over this that God only knows what's going to happen. And that's why we're starting at this point where the jury has to come in. They have to meet a bus. Think about this. You have to meet a bus in a, a, a location that's not the courthouse. You have to get on the bus. You have to, the bus has to have, I think, the tinted windows so you're basically sneaking this group in like a group of, I don't know, SWAT team or some sort of uh, uh, SEAL team or something. You don't want their identities, identities to be seen. So you sneak them into the courthouse. They go in there and they listen to, well, they're, now they're deliberating, but before they were listening to testimony and so forth. Now they're deliberating. But Wednesday night, a journalist from MSNBC, that's right, the home of who I think is, I don't watch everybody, so I can't say the biggest, but one of the biggest racists in media, Joy Reid, who only sees the world through truly skin color. I I can't watch a clip of anything that Joy Reid talks about where she is not... condemning whiteness on a regular basis and so that's the home of joy reed that's the home of chris hayes that's the home it was the home i think did i see that he retired brian did i see brian williams retired oz did you see that or he wanted I, I i saw something about him the other day but brian williams remember brian williams who used to be at nbc and when he was at nbc told a story of how he was basically uh, his helicopter was attacked or some made-up malarkey in, was it Iraq or Af- I don't know where it was, but he was, 
you know, on board a helicopter and he made up a story. Kind of like, well, kind of how an extreme example of how Obama led us to believe he took out bin Laden on his own. I did this and I did that. That's that's a hyperbole, but you get the idea that he just needed to feel you know, to, to make people think, I guess he was a hero who who had endured all, all sorts of things to bring us the truth. That guy who made that story up completely lied to us was able to get a job at MSNBC. That's apparently a way to, you know, enhance your resume when applying at MSNBC. So that is the crowd. That is the group. That is the news organization. You know, I, I give CNN a lot of uh, flack on here, and, and deservedly so. I mean, CNN is a bunch, in my estimation, they have a bunch of professional deceivers. We know Don Lemon, tough guy Chris Cuomo, a bunch of the other jokers on there as well. And CNN absolutely has its problems. CNN is designed, you remember the, the Project Veritas, uh, Veritas tapes where James O'Keefe was hacking into their, to their, or they, they let him get the password somehow. I don't know how he pulled it off, but he got the password to the monthly or weekly conference calls, or maybe they were daily. I don't know. And Jeff Zucker was leading the calls and James O'Keefe on the last day or when he made it public, he said, Hey, you know, I'm just, I'm here, you know, and they kind of freaked out and he revealed all the stuff that they were saying in these meetings which was basically things like, I don't want anything besides this sort of news. Jeff Zucker would say, I want news that is, you know, pushing this narrative. I want to hear about all the bad things about Trump, essentially, and all that sort of thing. So, the CNN has its problems. MSNBC obviously has its problems as well. And I, dare I say, even crazier than CNN, I don't know if that's possible, but even crazier, these are two of the, the, in my estimation, this is my opinion, two of the worst, most unreliable, just insane places to to get news. Now, funny, it entertains me. Um, it entertains me a lot sometimes. But at the same time, these folks are, they're misleading <laughs> I was going to say millions of people, dozens of people that watch. But they do have some people that tune into this this nonsense. And it seems to me, from the outside looking in here, that people at MSNBC were more concerned about Kyle Rittenhouse driving 21 miles or whatever it was to Kenosha than their own journalist driving to follow the bus of jurors. So they got pulled over. This journalist gets pulled over for running a red light because he was following, according to what he told officers, he was following the bus with the jury on it. Now, why would a member of the media need to follow a bus with individual members of the jury on it? In what universe is that even remotely appropriate? I read part of a response, or maybe the whole thing from MSNBC today that said, um, you know, the, the journalist wasn't trying to make contact with the jurors. The journalist wasn't trying to get pictures of the jurors. I wonder what, what was the journalist doing? I mean, 
at the instruction of what allegedly here, based on what the journalist told officers and what the judge said in the courtroom yesterday, was following, following the bus of jurors who have taken extraordinary, you know, that their extraordinary efforts have been taken to keep that jury from being identified for obvious reasons. And it's not because they're afraid of the Tea Party, by the way. Anyway, that is what we're dealing with. When I say on here, I just, I, it's unbelievable that this, that this happened. We'll see what the consequences are. This is a serious violation, by the way. You can't, you can't do this, right? I mean, this, the media is free to talk, you know, to, to talk about what's going on in that courtroom, to criticize the prosecution. They won't criticize the prosecution, but the defense or the judge or whatever to mock Rittenhouse. But they can't go, the jury cannot be targeted. The jury shouldn't be pursued. The jury shouldn't even be on the radar, of these jokers but the jury is and you have to wonder why why is that the case why does a journalist need to be following the jury at the alleged instructions of a producer at msnbc the producer by the way and that's the headline i started to read because i have both the articles pulled up here this is also post-millennial nbc producer who reportedly instructed man to follow rittenhouse jury bus nukes social media accounts they she's deleted her twitter account and i think her what's the other uh, linkedin i believe her name if you're wondering that well the journalist's name who was stopped and pulled over and ticketed for running a red light is james j morrison according to the what's being reported and what the judge said the name of the producer the name of the producer is, where is it here? I've got her picture here. Where's the actual? Her last name is B-Y-O-N, Bion. Irene Bion is, uh, is her name. And she has now eliminated, her full name is Irene Minju Bion. And she's destroyed her, <laughs> deleted her online her social media accounts in the wake of this. This is, again, another thing to add into the mix on the Kyle Rittenhouse trial and the disaster and the desire, right? The desire of the media to influence every person that they can. That's what I see here. The desire of the media to influence every person that they can through all means. Look, I'm all about influence, but they're using any and all means at their disposal, even things that are illegal and inappropriate, such as trying to what? I, are they intimidating the jury? Are they threatening? Do they want them to know that they're about to be doxxed, exposed, addresses you know, put on online platforms? I mean, that could certainly impact the way a jury is going to vote, especially if they're concerned about their city being burnt to the ground, especially if they're concerned about riots and looting, which, of course, I mean, they should be. This is a very tense situation in general, and the whole thing started, you go back to when this started, and the riots that happened last summer, Black Lives Matter's involvement, 
the made-up narrative uh, about Jacob Blake, right? That whole thing. And then the riots that followed, which then led Kyle Rittenhouse to travel 20-some miles to the city of Kenosha, and that's when all this stuff went down. And now the media, at least this particular so-called journalist, at the instructions, allegedly, of the so-called media outlet called MSNBC, is chasing down, even running red lights, I guess. I don't know if the bus was getting away or, or what happened here. But to chase, to follow a bus with you know yourself being a journalist, I, I, there's, no, there's no explanation for that. None what's, not, not one that's good. Not one that's good at all. It's just remarkable to watch this stuff unfold before our very eyes. I got to take a timeout. MSNBC should be truly and utterly ashamed of itself. But they should have been a long time ago as well, but they never have been. So quick timeout. Lots more to get to here. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. My friends, by the way, program brought to you in part by our friends at Edwards Equipment. Edwards Equipment, as you've heard from listening to our program now, can provide you the equipment, tractors, and so forth that you might need. So if you're in the market, they're in Danville, it's a little bit west of Indianapolis, not too far at all. Certainly worth the drive, especially if you're looking for some equipment, right? I mean, something that's, uh, we're not talking about a pack of gum or something here. You want to make sure you're getting the best equipment, the right the right place that you can buy it from to get the right service and support and all sorts of things that matter when you look at the long-term investment in something like that. Edwards Equipment can help you with that. EdwardsTractor.com is the website. EdwardsTractor.com, and we appreciate having them part of the program. So let's, I want to take us uh, a little, I don't know, not a detour, but just merge off into something that we talked about earlier this week. I think I talked about it on Wednesday. Um, the things that we could learn from the Rittenhouse trial. And there's a lot, right? Regardless of what the verdict ends out to or comes out to be, which normal in normal circumstances, I default to the jury. But I think, given what we saw, the fact, just the video, the video in and of itself exonerates Kyle Rittenhouse from the at least the most serious charges. I'm, I'm being very generous here to the prosecution. But the idea that this was not self-defense, I guess, is the bottom line here. The idea that this was not self-defense is obvious to anyone who's fair-minded and who watched those or that video, right? I mean, it's 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 that's just the way that it is. Now, you might have questions about why he went, and you question that, and all sorts of things um, along those lines, and you're free to do that, um, and you may have a point, but that's not involved with with breaking the law what's what we're looking at is whether or not he exercised 
reasonable um, right, action in protecting his life from those who were starting fires, acting violently, looting, causing mayhem on the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin that night. So, he should he should be acquitted. I think that that's that that's clear, and I don't I don't like to talk. I really don't about you know the, the, these. This is ultimately up to the jury. But what I do see, obviously, on top of that, is the pressure that's put on this jury, which we talked about talked about that uh, last segment, and there's other pressures that have obviously been mounting as well. There is an individual um, who's running for the 9th Congressional District in the state of New Jersey. His name is Billy Primpa, I believe is how you pronounce the last, the last name. And, um, you know, a lot, he, he's saying, he's an Air Force veteran, he's, he's saying some, some good things. Um, he's trying to, you know, stand up for conservative principles and values. This isn't meant to be a full endorsement. I don't know enough. I know a little bit. But I'm just, I'm saying he's, he says and sounds like he's saying the sorts of things that I, that I believe in and that that's consistent with constitutional conservatism. And he tweeted out sometime a week, about a week ago. He says, this is another point. I, I just want to give him credit, and I also want to talk about the last... There's three sentences in this in this tweet, and I'm on board fully with two of them. And the third one, I understand what he's saying, but I think there's a... I think he, he needs to rephrase this and rethink this. I think it's worth discussing here because of... In light of what we talked about last segment and in light of what we talked about a couple of days ago with you know what we can learn from the Rittenhouse case. So... The tweet reads like this. In this country, Americans are innocent until proven guilty. Absolutely, my friend. That's 100% right. And in fact, I should have said that on the show Wednesday when I talked about the things that we learned from the Rittenhouse jersey. That, or, uh, I'm sorry, from the Rittenhouse trial. The, the things that are under attack in this country, and we hit on it indirectly. I didn't state it that obviously, and I should have stated it more clearly. But one of the threats is, in fact, that that fundamental American principle, that fundamental, um, just it's, it's a fundamentally good principle that you're innocent until proven guilty. The, the state, the government needs to prove that you committed crimes that are illegal. They have that burden. Shouldn't be your responsibility my responsibility, should we be charged with something to prove we didn't do it? It's tough to prove a negative, right? I mean, in, in, technically impossible to prove um, a negative. And he, that's the first line of his tweet, so he's 100% right there. The burden of proof lies on the prosecution, prosecutor it says, not the defense. He's absolutely correct on that, right? The right way to look at this, and I, I went through this when I was on the jury with the rest of the jurors because... I don't know that well I don't know that everyone gets this fundamental concept in a very clear manner. You don't you don't imagine evidence is just a, a a brick. Every piece of evidence is a brick. You don't you don't have two piles of bricks in your mind in this metaphor. So evidence that shows this person's guilt, evidence that shows this person's innocence. 
And then you look at them, you take a step back, and you say, which brick is bigger? Or maybe you're stacking them up one on top of another, and you say, which one is, is higher? And you say, well, that one's a little bit higher, so I'm going to say guilty. That's not, that is not how this is supposed to work. You're supposed to take the evidence and assemble it, look at the evidence against the defendant to whatever degree it does or does not exist, and then there's there's a line, right? There's a, you know, like uh, my family and I are about to travel to, we'll be out next week, by the way. Actually, you're going to hear on Wednesday of next week, the uh, in honor of Rush and in, of Thanksgiving, the true story of Thanksgiving. I'm going to do that on Wednesday, but we'll be out next week. We're going to be in um, crossing enemy lines and going to to Disney World with the family. And whenever you go to ride a ride, right, you have to be tall enough. There's a there's some some places have a stick with a piece of red tape on it. Some of them have that little metal thing that you swing the thing out, and if it hits your head, you you know you must be this tall to ride. That line in this metaphor, wherever, however high that is, that's the line of reasonable doubt. And so as I, as I hear evidence presented, as a jury would hear evidence presented from a defend, excuse me, from the prosecutor, they would stack those bricks up. And if they eclipsed that line, if they reached that line, if, they, if the pile of bricks were big enough to ride the ride in the metaphor, then then that's eclipse reasonable doubt, and you would con- you would vote to convict. If there's evidence, but it doesn't reach the threshold, doesn't reach the line of reasonable doubt, if you're not tall enough to ride the ride, then you would have to vote not guilty. Did I say vote to acquit? Convict is what I meant to say the first time. Convict, vote to convict if it hits reasonable doubt or higher. Vote to acquit, say not guilty, if it was below reasonable doubt, right? You didn't get to that threshold. And so... It's the job of the prosecutor to stack the bricks, to try to get above that threshold, above that line of reasonable doubt. It's not the job of the defense. He's 100% right on both these lines. Now, he says this, he concludes with this, this last sentence, and I just, I know what he's saying. His tweet ends by saying, our justice system is beyond broken. Folks, it's not the system and I understand what he's saying. It is it is broken in practicality, but it's broken, and this is critically important. Critically important, and I guess we're going to talk about it after the break because I've gotten long-winded here on this. But it is critically important because, because we have this... If something's broken, it suggests it needs to be replaced. And I ask you, what can we replace the American system of justice with that is better than the system of justice we have? We don't have a problem in the system. We have a problem with the jokers who are running the system. That is America's problem. It is prevalent at all levels of government. And I'll talk about it and tie this up in a little bow here after the break. So sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute welcome back my friends let me let me finish what i'm pointing out i think it's an important difference um 
um, it's different to say the system, our system of justice is broken versus the clowns running our system of jokers have corrupted everything that they've touched. And that, in general, is our problem in America. Let me illustrate a couple of things. Number one, oh, I hesitate to even to bring this example up. I'm pro- I promise I'm not trying to be provocative here, but I... When Bill Clinton was president, and when he had inappropriate relations, we'll leave it at that, with an intern in Washington, D.C. in the 1990s, would it be fair to say our intern program was broken, or would it be more appropriate to say that the people, ultimately the person in charge of the internship program there, the person that they were interning for at the, at the top of that you know, the president, the person who's in charge, the ultimate person they're interning for, would the problem be that person's behavior? Remember, this is like William F. Buckley's statement that the problem with capitalism is capitalists, what individuals choose to do, versus versus the problem with socialism, which is the ideology itself, right? It also reminds me of the 2016 election, Americans were upset. They were mad at politicians. They were mad. It, it was people were tired of what they considered DC insiders, DC, you know, political professionals, that sort of thing. And that did hurt Hillary uh, in, in some circles. And I remember this. I distinctively remember hearing from people because I asked I asked them on this show. I probably have some of the sound bites that I heard from some of them. I asked them. I put it out on social media. I don't know where all we put it. But I said, if you are going, at the time, it was still the primary, and it was Hillary versus Bernie, and people actually thought Bernie was going to win, and we knew that he wasn't. Um, what we didn't know was that the mass effort against Bernie to prevent him from winning the Democratic primary was making it even more impossible than just the, the Democratic power brokers that we're not going to let that happen. But I asked, I said, if Bernie loses... Now, why people thought Bernie was an outsider is crazy to me. Bernie's been there forever as well. But people viewed Bernie as not a typical politician. And I remember saying, for those of you who vote for Bernie, I want to know, are you going to... Are you going to support Trump or Hillary? And the number of people whose logic was, if Bernie doesn't win, I'm voting for Trump. That, to me, is exactly what we would be headed towards if we, if we said here that our justice system was broken. Meaning, people know that the system's broken, so they're, they're basically saying, hey, I'll pick whatever, whatever alternative that's available at the moment. It doesn't matter if it's socialism as a case with with, uh, Bernie or if it's what Trump was going to do, which was not socialism, and they knew that at the time. They didn't care what the alternative was. They just hated professional politicians so much. And that's a dangerous place to be. Now, on the other hand, it's when people realize that the way things are working are not the way that they're supposed to work or the way that they're not working is is not the way it's supposed to be. That gives us a chance to persuade and explain and articulate. That's good. 
But if we can't get in there and they just say anything but this, that's what happened in the 2020 election. People were convinced Trump was, well, I don't want to go into everything that went wrong with 2020, but for those that chose to vote for Biden over Trump, a big chunk of them said, we're not, we're just voting against Trump. You could put Mickey Mouse on the ballot or whatever else. We're voting for anybody that's not named Trump. And then they didn't, and now they're upset, many of these folks. Biden's approval is down to 36%. When George W. Bush's approval ratings dropped to 36%, Wolf Blitzer, I remember Rush Limbaugh playing the the montage of sound bites. Wolf Blitzer had to talk about it every seven minutes on his program. George W. Bush's approval drops to an all-time low of 36%. 36%. George W. Bush approval rating. Unprecedented low approval numbers at this point in presidency. What's it mean? On and on. Every five seconds. Biden is there today. People are not happy. My point is, my point is, and it's important, the system is not broken. It's the people who are working the system who are, I guess metaphorically speaking, they're the broken ones. That's where the that's the, the 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 weak point in the chain, right? That's why we we have a beautiful system, my friends. Criminal justice system is a beautiful thing. The American system of you know political system, beautiful thing. It's not broken. The people running it have corrupted it. They've turned it into something it was never supposed to be. The people running the media, same thing. They, that's why they chase. Buses of jurors running red lights. And that bus was designed to keep people's identity hidden. And we have MSNBC, allegedly, telling its journalists to follow the van, follow the bus. Crazy stuff. The system is not broken. It's the people. It is. The problem with capitalism is capital are capitalists, individual capitalists. The problem with socialism is socialism. That's a big, big, big difference, and it needs to be pointed out. I don't want to split hairs in my disagreement here with an individual who I, I think I have a lot in common with or agree with a lot on is uh, who, who tweeted this out. It's the individuals who are the problem. They're the ones that need to be replaced. They are the ones causing the havoc and turmoil. They are the ones misapplying the law. They are the ones that are allowing for the shenanigans to take place. The system itself is sound and good and true. It doesn't mean that there can't be tweaks somewhere around you know, the periphery. The system is good. It's sound. It's what we need. But the Joker's running the show. Different story altogether. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by Indiana Geothermal. I don't know what you know about geothermal heating and cooling units, but they're very cost-efficient, and for the certain situation, for certain homeowners, it may be the perfect solution. And it's not as expensive as some folks think. For more information... Visit indianageothermal.com, indianageothermal.com. I've known these folks, Chris and his team, G-Mani. I think I first met Chris, uh, it's been probably 15, 18 years ago. Kind of the expert in the industry. Indianageothermal.com. Be sure to tell them you heard about them on the Todd Huff Show. So 
I want to briefly touch on two more things here. Briefly. The one I just want to just, if you haven't seen it, my wife sent me this earlier, uh, what, I guess yesterday. Governor DeSantis signing the legislation prohibiting COVID vaccine mandates in the state of Florida, which is good, right? But the part of this that was the best to me is where he was signing it. You know where he signed, you know where he signed this? He signed this in Brandon, Florida. Folks, that, when I say the left is engaged in political theater constantly and I call them dramacrats, it's because it's bad political theater. This is rich. This works for me. This is a subtle thing. It wasn't the focus of the entire, you know, it wasn't a, a, just a dog and pony show, a charade. He's trying to actually protect the liberties of people and the choices of people in the state of Florida, his state. And he does so by going to Brandon, Florida, which, of course, is a nonverbal head nod <laughs> to, to Let's Go Brandon, which I think is fantastic. I really do. So I just wanted I just wanted to comment on that. The other thing I want to get to in the waning moments, there's a lot I want to get to, but the other thing I want to get to in the waning moments of the program is what the House is now doing with this uh, big spending bill. Now, it's one supposedly $1.75 trillion that they tell us doesn't cost anything, which is patently absurd and ridiculous. And we're not sure what's going to happen in the Senate, but the House is now apparently looking to push this thing through. And again, at the time of this, of when I'm speaking, that they haven't done a vote on it yet. They haven't held a vote, but that appears to be that appears to be the plan. On the very day that the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, came out and said that this was going to put the United States, this bill was going to put the United States in an additional 367. Uh, billion dollars worth of debt it was going to be added to the to the national debt which the democrats of course deny uh, because they're going to give the irs more power and the irs is going to find that confiscate that from taxpayers it's a terrifying thought but anyway gonna take a time out come back and wrap up here for the week sit tight my friends back in just a minute my friends unfortunately that is all of the time that we have for today and as i mentioned somewhere earlier in the program we i won't be here actually we'll have chris dunham chris dunham a good friend of ours who's filled in on this program before come in and uh fill in on i believe both monday and tuesday i will have the in honor of rush well, in honor of Thanksgiving and Rush Limbaugh, I'm going to be continuing his tradition of sharing the true story of Thanksgiving on Wednesday. And then, of course, we will be back here the following Monday after Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving in advance, folks. See you soon. SDG, take care. (laughs) 